the wrestling podcast about nothing is brought to you by bda radio bda radio doesn't break news they break the news with their wild commentary regarding mma and wrestling head on over to bdaradio.com and check out all of the latest news on the ufc bellator wwe and much more they are proud to be the voice of fans because they are fans themselves bdaradio.com I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dimension? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing, episode 16, presented by BDARadio.com. There are so many pro wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio and said we had a different idea for a podcast. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. They said, what's your wrestling podcast about? We said nothing. And thankfully they said, we think we may have something here. So here we are. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me as always is a veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars, the irresistible force, the immovable object, not the kingpin Dean Ambrose, but the kingpin Brian Malone. You're a piece of crap. You what? are a piece of crap. That is mine. I am the kingpin. Yes. I this, am the kingpin. This past Tuesday on SmackDown Live, uh, Dean Ambrose, the WWE champion, was referred to by Mauro Ranallo as the kingpin and... The Twitterverse went buck wild. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thankfully, I looked on the WWE.com the next day, and there wasn't any reference to it. So I'm hoping it was just a comment in passing. More over an hour going into business for himself. Apparently. Apparently. And apparently, uh, you know, you should be familiar with the Kingpin Brian Malonis. Come on. I have lawyers on retainer working on this as we speak, Mike. All right. I am the one and only Kingpin. All right, well, we'll have to keep our eye on this story going forward. Unless you're a Marvel fan, then, you know. <laughs> <laughs> let's just, yeah, let's just. Hey, my contention when I was on Twitter was not that uh, he stole it from me. Clearly, Dean Ambrose and WWE did not steal it from me. I understand that. They stole it from the same place I did, Marvel. Yes, and uh, Dean Ambrose, he has a lot in common with a uh, very large bald man in a white suit. Yeah, well, at least me and the Kingpin are both fat. Not, not anymore, Brian. You're doing two-a-days. You're back in the gym. Oh, You're my God. It. I'm beat, Mike. I'm beat. I'm ready for a nap. I might fall asleep uh, just like the Playboy does during our podcast. Oh, my goodness. All right. Before we get... Now I'm burying him. <laughs> before we get... Let's just move on. Okay. This podcast is available every Monday on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn Radio, and, of course, at BDARadio.com. Now we ask, please do something for the wrestling podcast about nothing. Please, folks... Be sure to subscribe to the feed on the podcast platform you're using right now, iTunes, Podbean, or anything else. Take a minute while you're there and rate and review us. Believe us, it is the best way to increase our exposure, to help us grow, to get more people to listen. That's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to build an empire, Brian, as you're a former member of a group called The Empire. I am indeed. So let's, let's build a new empire here. Please do us a personal favor. Make sure you subscribe to the WPAN so you can download the podcast every Monday and take just a minute 
and use that podcatcher that you're on right now. Give us a review and get us seen. Okay, Brian, today's episode of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, episode 16, we're bringing you the second half of our conversation with former contracted WWE talent Max Bauer, also known as Axel slash Mickey Keegan. All right, we go in-depth on his time in Orlando at the Performance Center and NXT. Now, uh, Brian, uh, this one gets a little rough as we speak to him about his injury. <laughs> Get your tissues out, folks. Yes, it, it, we speak to him about his injury that leads to the end of his wrestling career. Stay tuned for that. Also in this episode, we are going to be evaluating the last few weeks of WWE with our brand split progress report. Yeah, usually the progress report gets sent home like maybe midway through a term. This is like uh, two weeks, but, you know, let's do we're it. We're calling WWE to the carpet here and, and evaluating is what you're saying we're doing. Yes, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into the good, the bad, and the nothing that's gone on since the draft. So we'll do that. And we'll talk about a new feature we're bringing to the show, Brian, and of course, a promo about nothing and a ton more. But before we get to all that, let's talk about our sponsor. People ask me, what do you mean, BDARadio.com? What does the BDA stand for? Brian Danielson Appreciation? Who? Brian Danielson. Who? Daniel Bryan. I mean, oh, Daniel Bryan, SmackDown Jam. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's nothing really funny about this one, but it fit. So, of course, Brian, we admire what the SmackDown GM did in the independence in his all-too-short WWE run, but BDA Radio really means the most unique commentary for mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news, they break the news with our wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to BDARadio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. And Kingpin, is BDARadio.com the best site ever? Yes! 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 I was hoping you'd go there. Thank you very (laughs) much. You're welcome. Okay, Brian. We're through with the read. It's time to get to our progress report. Let's evaluate how WWE has done since the draft just a mere couple weeks ago. We're going to start with the good? Is that what we're going to start with? Yeah. We're going to get into the good which is, you know, all the stuff that we really like, the bad, which is all the stuff we don't like at all, and the nothing, which is kind of like the stuff that's just eh, that doesn't really matter either way to us. So we're going to do the good, the bad, and the nothing. Let's start with the good, Brian. What do you have on your list, number one, for good? Well, num- number one, I got. I think the way they started off uh, the first Raw of the New Era uh, with a big title change, the Sasha Banks WWE Women's Championship win. If you noticed the opening uh, montage uh, at the beginning of Raw, the final person you see before the show comes on is also Sasha, Sasha Banks. Banks. So pretty cool. Pretty. Uh, did you ever think we'd get to a point where we're talking about the big thing they use as like a catapult to for the new era is the women's championship and the last person you're seeing before which is usually it's usually like the the signature person on the brand uh or on wwe like it was roman reigns it was john cena now it's sasha banks pretty cool yeah and um sasha banks started off raw this past week too came out for a promo so yeah they're definitely getting behind women's wrestling as we talked about before you we talked about the possibility of the women going to one side or the other to raw or to smackdown and they definitely as i predicted brian they would not marginalize the women in this way and make them like an act on a brand the women they want to make as close to equal to the men as they can and 
this what you're saying what they're doing with Sasha Banks is a step to doing that. And and this week also Daniel Bryan came out on a radio program uh, last week. Uh, they he was hyping uh, SmackDown and did confirm that they are indeed on the SmackDown brand, adding a women's championship of some sort. So I, I have that on my list somewhere, Brian. I, oh, won't, I won't spoil okay. it, but we'll talk about All additional right. championships a little a little later on in the segment. Okay, let's go to my top good. We're doing the good, the bad, the nothing. My top thing on my list is the debut of Finn Balor. They really came out of the gate strong on this one. He looked very good the first week. He won that four-way to go to the main event, and then he beat Rowan Reigns in the main event of Raw two weeks back to earn the shot against Seth Rollins at SummerSlam. So it's going to be Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins at SummerSlam, and... My question to you, even though this is like a great thing to to put him right out of the gate as a top guy, do you think it's too much too soon? I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I actually really like it. I think it's – again, we've talked about numerous times. I, I don't think I, – I think WWE is probably paying Finn Balor pretty well. Uh, he clearly is somebody who is was very established in NXT – and has a lot of crossover appeal onto the main brand too, because I still, I think he's one of their top merchandise movers in NXT. You know, meaning, meaning like overall, while right. he was in NXT, uh, we went to an NXT event a while back, and I would say two thirds of the people there who had wrestling shirts on had some sort of Finn Balor Balor Club uh, sort of T-shirt. I think it was episode two. If you want to go back and listen yes. to that. But I, I think Finn Balor, um, I mean, again, all things being equal, in WWE, you know as well as I do, it's not just your ability to wrestle, but your ability to move merchandise. And right. I think this guy's going to move a ton of it. And to boot, he's a freaking really good wrestler. He certainly is. And my question to you now is, is he better off winning the championship at SummerSlam or losing? Because if he wins... Where does he go from there? There's no chase. He's he's at the top. If if he loses, does this whole explosion out of the gate mean nothing? I, I mean, I think he's better off losing because I think it would be fun to watch him chase Rollins and him and Rollins have a series of matches going forward. Uh, and that's also how I think they're going to go. I think Seth Rollins is going to be, you know, going to win the Universal Championship. He was the number one pick on Raw. They've really positioned Seth Rollins now as like, you know, the top heel on the brand. And you can make a case that Seth Rollins is approaching the number one superstar in the company at, at, at this point. I think it's the best way, and I think it's the way they're going to do it. I think Seth Rollins is getting that universal championship. And then I think we're going to get a fun few months of Finn Balor chasing him. And, and my hope is he doesn't actually beat him. They pull him back a little bit and then ramp him back up type thing. Because, yeah, you, you, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. You give it to him too quick. Where does he go from there? It's a bit of the Sheamus uh, syndrome from a few years ago when he came out and won the heavyweight championship pretty damn quickly and then it's like well it's all downhill from here right and do we see the demon at SummerSlam and if he loses at SummerSlam does that take some of the mystique away from the demon character I think we see the demon no I don't think so I mean no, no I don't think it takes the mystique away I, I guess I view things differently to me it's all about t-shirts and marketing and moving merchandise the demon thing the entrance is freaking amazing no, I, I mean, I mean, if you think it does, I mean, I, I could definitely see your point on it, but I, I personally don't don't think it does. Do you? I mean, I think yeah, I think it takes a little bit away from it. it if he does this whole spiel and then he he loses, it's like uh, you, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't with this thing. I think the the way they shot him out of the gate, if he fails right away, do people bail on him 
I don't know. It's it's a very iffy thing, and I'm not sure which is the better way to go, to be honest. Right. I mean, it's I guess the one good thing WWE's created here is a situation with intrigue where there's no obvious path for everybody to just say, oh, yeah, that's what they're doing. Right. Okay, what's next on your list of good things to come out of the <laughs> brand split so far? Uh, well, I think, uh, and, I'll, and I'll go here, Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho's chemistry together God, I want to see more. I was I wasn't a big fan of Jericho like kind of recently, but I feel like his promos recently have just been amazing. And the stuff with Kevin Owens is is genius. These guys are gonna be baby faces if they keep, if they keep doing this. I mean, Kevin Owens has been amazing on the microphone from from day one, and just the way it seems like they're they're not as tied down to the script as a lot of the guys are. I mean, it seems like they have some freedom there, which is fantastic and that's kind of where magic comes from once you get off the written page yeah i mean they obviously have a great a great chemistry together um which is kind of funny because these aren't two guys who would have ever crossed paths anywhere except for in wwe so you're talking Mm -hmm. about kind of like instant instant sort of uh chemistry there and i think coming off the Sami Zayn stuff i think kevin owens does need to do something a little different uh i do like the the showing a little bit of the the comedic side of him not that i want them to become a straight comedy team or whatever but their interactions are very good very entertaining jericho obviously being the funny guy and kevin owens being more of the straight man uh but i'm loving it i want to see more of it uh i hope they keep doing it okay so how about the new faces other than Finn Balor that have uh, made their debut uh, coming out of this brand split, like American Alpha, uh, you know they've had one match on SmackDown, but their potential is limitless, and they're a very entertaining, very good tag team, and hopefully they can uh, really shine in on SmackDown. I think they will. I think that the path is completely clear for them, you know, to do so. I think it was a very smart move for WWE to keep them off of the brand that that uh, the New Day and Enzo and Cass are on. Um, you know, because I think they would just get completely overshadowed by those right. two teams. They're on the SmackDown brand. You know, they are they, the Usos are there, but I, I mean, the Uso star I think has kind of fallen recently a little bit. Um, you know, but I do I will say I think Usos versus American Alpha will be a hell of a tag team championship feud, and I'm guessing you're probably going to get that sooner rather than later. How about uh, Nia Jax? I mean, we could actually transition into something else that's good about this on my list about the brand split is the squash matches. They're they're bringing back more squash matches. They've done them here and there. We know we've talked about some of our friends who uh, wrestled Ryback in the past in, in squash matches, but they're there seems to be a proliferation, if that's a word, of the squash matches with Nia Jax and also Braun Strowman. What do you think? Here you go. Here goes. Here's a fun fact for you. The guy, James Elworth, that Braun Strowman squashed the first week. Yes. I teamed with him at Big Time Wrestling uh, last month. Yeah. You're kidding me. No, that was my tag team partner. Wow. How about that, huh? Did he last longer than a minute? <laughs> yeah, he did lose the match, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're not taking the fall. <laughs> God, no. <laughs> no, but yeah, no, I, I enjoy that, too. Actually, one of the one of the things on my list was Braun Strowman. Uh, somehow, in two weeks, he's gone from like, you know, they like this clumsy, like, oh my god, maybe they're gonna like send this guy down to like, yeah, let's let him kill people for the next twelve months and <laughs> let him get better and see where it goes. Because I mean, just on his look and size, I mean, he has a very high ceiling um, if he can figure it out in the ring. But just seeing him kill people. You know he's a real threat. So it, a babyface does have the the championship. This is a guy who it's the old kind of the way they used to do with Hulk Hogan. They'd bring in the monsters to go out to the championship to be real threats, uh, and just based on size. Uh, Nia Jax is one. 
uh, I'm still not sure right. why they brought her up already. Um, I, I think it's a good thing. I think she's very different, which I like. I think the women's division needs something like that. I just don't know if it's the right time. And, and my fear for her is she's she's kind of set up to fail right now. Right. Hopefully they're putting her in long matches with the established female wrestlers on the house shows so she can get up to speed because obviously doing these squash matches isn't going to help her in terms of getting seasoned. And just by look, I mean, she's so different than anything. She's, I mean, very Awesome Kong-like. You know, she could be what, what Awesome Kong should have been in her WWE run. But obviously, Awesome Kong much more experienced at the that juncture, you know, than Nia Jax is right now. I think Nia Jax is about a year in, and that's a tough spot to be in. Um, so again, my worry is, you know, maybe she's not quite ready for prime time, and they're putting her into into something she's not ready for. But much like Braun Strowman, maybe they do this for six, eight months, just let her, you know, kill people, and hopefully, in that time in the interim, she's she is getting better. Yeah. Um so, the, yeah, the new guys. Anything else that you see in your good list before we move on to the bad? I think the return of Rhino and Shelton Benjamin and, and rumors of more guys coming back. I'll, I'll leave Jinder Mahal off, <laughs> off that <laughs> list. What? Come on. <laughs> but I, you know, I think, it, I think it's going to be fun uh, for the audience to see some of these familiar faces, even though they are a little older and maybe not quite how you remember them. Um, but it's always fun to see old faces who still have a little bit of juice left in them. So I think that's definitely one thing to add on there. It'll be exciting, I think, because I'm guessing there's more guys that'll be, um, you know, older guys that will be coming back to the brands. Okay, let's go on to the bad then, the bad of the brand split. To me, uh, the obvious one is just the sheer amount of programming now since, I mean, I, I guess it's no... More really is just more live programming that makes more original, like more you know. Yeah, it makes it seem more like you have to watch it rather than SmackDown being at the end of the week and being taped. So it's just a, a bigger burden to keep up with it all. So that's like my biggest bad thing. It's kind of the obvious choice, but do what's what's your biggest gripe? One of the things we we talked about in the beginning already. We we're having crossover. <laughs> I like already. I mean, I know they're doing the Brock versus Orton thing, but I don't know. Maybe they should have left them on their separate brands and they don't touch until SummerSlam. But here we are, two weeks into this, and we already have you know superstar a superstar from each side crossing over with security guards and all that running out. There's no build-up to that. It's just, oh, we're just giving that right out of the gate now. So the expectation has already been set that there will be crossover. Uh, Daniel Bryan has been invited by Mick Foley to come on Raw this week. Uh, you know, uh, this drops on Monday. So on tonight's Raw program, Daniel Bryan will already be on Raw. I mean, we're, oh, it's already happening. And it's just like, come on, keep them separate, See, for Christ's sake. I had this on my nothing list because I don't think – I knew this was going to happen. You know it was going to be the same thing as before. You know the people are going to go back and forth at their whim whenever they want. And it's just, I just accepted that it was going to happen. I don't know why anyone is surprised. <laughs> I had high hopes. I just think it's, oh my God. I was, you know, that would have been a really cool spot if, if it were eight or nine months from now and there had been no crossover and they were building to, I mean, how many months away is WrestleMania? Is that, did I figure that out right? four and then four yeah it's like eight months if we're building up to a wrestlemania match be interpromotional interbrand or whatever match and then finally something like that happens it would have been amazing but you know here we are two weeks into it and it's already freaking happening and, and it's going to happen again this monday so i think you're right unfortunately it's clear there's going to be no real division it's just going to be people coming back and forth arbitrarily you know 
whatever. I mean, they're having interbrand pay-per-views four or five times a year, so it's gonna it's gonna keep happening, and it might happen even beyond that. But that's just something we'll all have to just come to accept. Well, I mean, <laughs> and if, all, if that's the way they're gonna play it again, then I no offense to WWE, I don't think it's gonna work again because then nothing feels special about either brand. Right. Okay. This one might be a little controversial. This one might get the Twitter people talking, but I say the bad Dolph Ziggler as a title contender. What is going on with Dolph Ziggler as a title contender? I mean, I he's a fantastic talent. He bumps amazingly. They've done this with him. This guy, without taking him off TV for a while, giving him a new character, giving him something new about him, I don't see anything in Dolph Ziggler going for the championship that gets me excited in the slightest. Well, because I, f- I think you f- you, we know there's no way Dolph Ziggler's winning this match at SummerSlam. And I'm probably this is another one of those things yes. we're probably leaving <laughs> egg on our face here. Um, because knowing WWE, they're going to probably now maybe start to prioritize the Universal title over over the WWE Championship. But, uh, yeah, it's funny. We both had the same thing, number two on our list, Mike. Dolph Ziggler, I thought that would have been a perfect perfect opportunity to put Bray Wyatt into the, into the title hunt right there, have him win that match. We just fairly recently got, you know, Bray Wyatt and Dean Ambrose, but... I'd love to. See, I wouldn't mind seeing that again, especially over the WWE Championship. Uh, I was a bit puzzled when Dolph Ziggler won. I don't get it from a standpoint he of beat AJ Styles also. Who's yeah, which I didn't think AJ Styles was going to win just because of the sheer fact that him and Cena are embroiled in a in a pretty significant you know feud. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I don't understand it. There's been so many start stops with Dolph Ziggler. It's not like he has a tremendous amount of momentum right now. It's not like the people are you know clamoring for it. You know, like they were with with Daniel Bryan. I don't understand it either. <laughs> um, not that Dean Ambrose versus Dolph Ziggler is going to be a bad match. It's, certainly, sure it's certainly not yeah. going to be a bad match. It's going to be an excellent match. But just from a bigger picture standpoint, there's nothing that feels big about that match, and there, and that's going to be the signature match for SmackDown going into SummerSlam. Um, so yeah, confusion. Let's move on to the focus on authority figures. Uh, I mean, this is something. I might as well have put it under nothing because we knew it was going to happen. We knew it's not going to change. But just the, the the stuff with Stephanie and the stuff with Shane is just... They put over. They've, they've, gone, they've made a conscious effort on the programming to say it's not going to be about the authority figures. And it's been all about the authority figures. Like They've had multiple promos on every episode so far. I would love to see it completely de-emphasized. You know, I, I personally love the way they do it with NXT where... Regal is used as a vehicle when needed, right? But he doesn't have to interject himself on every single episode in every single thing. Um, in this, it's the GM. We have to have four backstage segments a night with somebody storming into the GM's office, and yeah, I, I don't know. And it's and one of the big selling points for Raw tonight is. McFoley has invited Daniel Bryan. Yes, to, that, that is to, the to name. Yeah, that is that was the first thing announced for the show on Monday. So. Like I said, it might as well have been put under the nothing category because we knew it was going to happen. It's not going to change. So, But we're saying it's bad. <laughs> you got anything else under bad, Ryan? Yeah, the universal title name. Uh. It stinks. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what they could have called it, but the WWE universal title 
absolutely stinks. It's, it sounds like something that they probably had in the 70s and was defunct. Like, if, if somebody would have told me, like, oh, yeah, remember the, the old Universal title back in 74? I'd be like, oh, they did? That's cool. Like, that's what it sounds like to me. What a, what a terrible name. See, there's, there's a lot of uproar about this, too. And I had it under the nothing category because I don't mind it that much. I don't think it's bad. It's fine. And, and moreover, like, why are people so obsessed with the names of these titles and all that stuff. Stupid. It doesn't <laughs> sound stupid. It doesn't sound stupid. It's like sound it's stupid. The bigger than the world. It's the universe. Oh God, are they paying you right now? Are you <laughs> on the are you on the payroll? <laughs> I want to see a belt that looks like the planet Saturn. It's got a ring around it. I want to, I want stars all over this thing. The Universal Championship. I can't wait to see it. I hate your face right now. I don't I don't I mean I don't know what the title is going to look like uh but I, I hate the I hate the name when i first heard it i thought it sounded i thought it sounded silly um yeah i don't know man i don't know i'm not digging it i would have just preferred had they gone back to the wwe champion and the world heavyweight champion and just kind of left it at that all right well speaking of titles that's the last thing on my bad list more titles they they talked about uh, daniel bryan confirmed that there's going to be a women's championship uh, introduced on SmackDown. There's going to be a tag team championship introduced on SmackDown. And we're looking at, from what I read, 12 potential titles overall in WWE. And that's just too much. They don't mean anything. I mean, if it's me, you don't do the universal title. You don't do the women's title. You have the single champions go back and forth. The less titles there are, the more valuable they are. And I don't like more titles. You can assume more a, cru- better. a cruiserweight title is coming too, probably to Raw because because they're they're really emphasizing the cruiserweight division being exclusively on Raw. I, I, I'm I'm guessing there's a cruiserweight championship coming back as well. Yeah, I I would thirteen lucky thirteen. Oh my god, just I I I, th- I like the idea of a, the champion going back and forth. Some people don't, but I like the idea of the champions. But I think part of it is for the touring brands for the for the live events slash house shows a world title match on top but mm. why not just make the intercontinental title and the u.s title more valuable make them put them under on uh, bigger established names make them more prestigious somehow and make those titles act as the you know the secondary championships they're supposed to be well, because it's a brand spike. They want the brands to be separate. They don't want any crossover. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you got Oh, my God. All right. So you kind of destroyed my, my nothing list with all, sorry, all of your buddy. stuff. Do you have anything on the your nothing list? Things that don't really matter either way. What the hell? Oh, the, the new logos was something I had on my nothing <laughs> list. Like... They're whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, people were very. Yeah, Twitter just everybody's just black and white. Everybody's like, yeah, they love something or you absolutely despise it. And yeah, I didn't see anything particularly brutal about these logos. I mean, the raw one was a little simplistic. People were very upset about the upside down M that looks, you know, that they made to look like a W. It's like it's okay. Yeah, I. I very sterile about it. I don't really care. Yeah, it like, looked a little you know. bit like the original Raw logo. I mean, it's it's all right. Yeah, yeah I'm with you. It's, it's nothing. It's nothing. Yeah, the other thing I had on my list was no no ramp on SmackDown. I've seen some hubbub about um, no ramp on SmackDown. They have the different kind of setup now. I, I you know I do like that they're differentiating, right, but definitely. again, I, I mean. I don't know. They're it experimenting with different camera angles and different camera tricks as well for uh, shooting the matches, which is cool. So, okay, we're going to keep our eye on this. We're going to keep watching uh, WWE programming. We're, this is our progress report. And things, I mean, 
we got into a lot of bad stuff, but the good stuff, I think, outweighs the bad stuff, and it's going pretty well so far, I think, overall. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's stuff, I mean, obviously, stuff's just starting. More new stuff to come. It's all building, so it'll be exciting, I think, in the next, you know, next few months, and, and really, we're right around the corner from WrestleMania season, so. We are? Well, a couple months, man. Once once you get past Survivor Series, it really starts getting into WrestleMania season. Right, let's worry about SummerSlam first. Jesus, Brian. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, let's talk about the hashtag, Brian. PDA for BDA. That is your hashtag to use on Twitter. Tweet it at BDA underscore radio. Tweet it at me. I'm at Crocsox, and Brian is at Brian Malonis. Use that tweet. We'll mention you. Use that hashtag, I should say. Use that hashtag, and we will mention you on the podcast. And as always, we start with Woody. Woody says, the kingpin got screwed on the dirt sheet shuffle, losing on a footnote to a story. I'm declaring shenanigans on behalf of the kingpin. There you go. Nuts and bolts, I got screwed. How about uh, that? Also, Todd Sobel checked in, said the same thing. He said the three kings need to stick together. Brian Malonis got hosed on the dirt sheet shuffle. My buddies have my back, Mike. I don't know about this. I mean, you got to pay attention. You got to listen to every part of the story. But you story. don't want me to read the dirt sheets. How would I know a footnote thing? I'm supposed to sound. I'm not, the, 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 I thought that the whole deal here was supposed to be I'm supposed to pick out the one that, that sounds like it's made up. Right. I think I think I think in the spirit of the game, I think you you didn't do anything against the rules, but you went to the very edge of the rules. I Mike. make the rules, Brian. <laughs> Apparently so. I make the rules. <laughs> <laughs> well, you give me crap because this is the only place you have power in your life on the WPAN. <laughs> you son of a bitch! Oh my goodness, we sh we're shooting here. Um, <laughs> bang bang. <laughs> Let's move on. Okay, Steve King checked in. He said, "Fun hearing from at uh, Maximus is me on the WPAN. Looking forward to part two. He is at Strangler Steve. Thanks, Steve." For for checking in and he says also the dirt sheet shuffle is the best jingle ever oh, come on yes come on if i didn't if i didn't know who steve king was and know that you guys are old friends i would have thought this was your dad tweeting <laughs> come on now mike mills also checked in at mike 504 saints he says uh that i have an open invite to come on the uh booking the territory podcast you told him you had creative control or he would have asked me sooner <laughs> I hey, I just that. I do want to add. I want to throw a big thanks to uh, to Mike uh, over at Booking the Territory. Their past week's episode that came out uh, with Warbeard Hansen. Uh, they plugged us to the moon and back. Uh, pushed our interview uh, with Hansen uh, as they as he as he talked with Hansen. So really appreciate uh, him trying to help us spread the word about this podcast. And we'll try to do the same. Booking the Territory. Go download them. Go check it out. I heard a certain kingpin. Maybe on this week's coming episode. You're on again? Of the Territory. Of course. Come yeah. on. All right. All right. Well, yes, I, I did let Mike Mills know that you are the official spokesperson for the WPA, and, and I'm fine with you going and doing these. On the uh, face of the brand. Yes. Yes, you are indeed. Okay. Who else here? we got Steven at HHHGuy2004, and he says, great hearing stories with Max and hearing Brian him talk about Alex Arion. Alex is a great guy. I think Alex has listened to the podcast, and um, he's uh, given us uh, some good feedback and we appreciate uh alex arion guy, guy i certainly miss i'm sure you probably feel the same yeah, way definitely miss seeing them some of the most fun i ever probably the most fun i ever had in wrestling was that big business error uh with, with al and max and, and cherry Payne. Uh, i posted a picture this week the three of us hugging and laughing i don't even remember what the context of that of that photo was but it was always some sort of shenanigans yes. uh, with al and al legitimately one of the best in-ring performers i've ever been in the ring with so no doubt about that. Okay, TK. TK at T-H-O-G. Uh, 
T-Hog, I should say, at T-Hog94. And uh, he says that it's all fun and games until someone gets a trash can put over their head. We, this has uh, come up a lot on social media this past week. Uh, a picture was posted on the uh, WPAN Twitter and Instagram. We'll talk about the Instagram later, at the WPAN on Instagram as well now. And, uh, yes, the uh, incident where you put a trash can over Max's head and then hit it with the baseball bat. I was framed! <laughs> I was framed! <laughs> all right, Biff. Oh, my goodness. Because uh, so, yeah, TK also talking about uh, Ken Patera. He said that Patera is one of the people suing WWE for brain injuries and his early promos might be used against him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I want to touch that one. <laughs> yeah, also, okay, finally, uh, John Morse checked in. Uh, John Morse at John S-U-P-R-M-N. He says, you guys are doing an awesome job. Keep it up. Thank you very much, John, for uh, checking out the podcast, and we hope uh, to hear from you again very soon. Also, I want to make sure that we mention the Hurricane Rana podcast. They plugged us a couple times on social media. They actually uh, gave us a review on iTunes, and I went and made sure to return the favor because I, I listened to a recent episode of the Hurricane Rana podcast. Fantastic. Three guys. It's like. Yeah, I'm trying to hook up being on their podcast. So the logistics of it we're working on right now, but hopefully I'll be a guest on there soon. Yeah, they are at the Hurricane Rana on Twitter. Make sure you follow them. Make sure you subscribe to their podcast. Also, I want to make sure we talk about checking the boots with uh, referee Tony S and Chip. They do a fantastic podcast too. They've worked out some of their audio issues. So it sounds absolutely fantastic now. And thanks, guys for all that you've done to uh, bring awareness to us and we hope we can do the same for you. Also, uh, make sure you want to talk about the New Age Insiders who uh, do a fantastic job over there. NewAgeInsiders.com to uh, check out their live shows and you can find them on iTunes and of course, as we mentioned, the Book on the Territory with Mike Mills. They've got an interview this past week with Warbeard Hansen. Make sure you check that out. And before we move on from this segment, Brian... We've discussed this between the two of us, and we want to keep things lively and exciting here in the, this segment. So we're going to take things in a slightly different direction. So, Brian, we've got big news. We've got a voicemail line. Oh. Can you believe this? We've added a voicemail line. Now, we want you to ask us questions. We're and we'll asking for it here, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> ask us questions, and we'll play them live on the show. Here is the number. Write it down. We'll give you a second. Write it down. Put it in your phones. Save it. It is 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. 401-584-WPAN. Put that in your phone right now so you can give us a call. Do you want to know about the Kingpin's first title win? Call 401-584-WPAN. Do you want to request a specific guest for the show? Call 401-584-WPAN. Do you want to know my favorite Ninja Turtle? Call 401-584-WPAN. Kingpin, boxers or briefs? Call 401-584-WPAN. Don't answer now. Okay, we are so excited to bring you this new element of the wrestling podcast about nothing. Be serious. Be silly. Be yourselves. Just call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN and leave us a voicemail. It's going to be really weird when we play one next week and it's like you asking me about boxers or briefs. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know, but not now. Yes, we'll, we'll get into that. Okay, Kingpin, we are ready for part two 
of our super fun conversation with Max Bauer, a.k.a. Mickey slash Axel Keegan in NXT. Now, this fun conversation takes a bit of a serious turn towards the end. But before that, Max gives you an inside look at the Performance Center and the early days of NXT. So let's get back to the interview, part two of the story of Mickey Keegan, better known to us as Max Bauer. Now, you were at, in Tampa for how long before you started hearing rumblings about Orlando? I think I got there in, like, September, maybe? Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. I, think it was. I was going to say, I, I could probably give you a ballpark just because I remember I was on vacation at Disney World, and we were texting about, and you were talking about potentially moving to, having to move to yeah. Orlando. It, it was pretty close after I got there. I mean, it was like... I think we got there in the September and then like maybe like November officially. Uh, there was like rumblings. Like there was always like they're going to open a facility and it's going to be like army barracks and we're going to have a cots and we have to stay there or something <laughs> like that. And it's like, oh, God, that sounds awesome. No, not really. Um, but that, there was like legitimate like a rumor I heard. It was like that was like a thing. And then I think it was like at the November TV where, you know, we all pulled into the the room after and they were just like yeah so you guys have heard rumblings blah 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 we're gonna move to orlando it's gonna be a real big facility i think they were aiming for like whatever january or february or something like that so it was pretty much like sign a lease for a year and then like oh yeah by the way you shouldn't have done that (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and also we definitely knew about this so like you haven't been down there very long no no no. it was only like two or three months i think so you had to to move to orlando and how did they sell it to you guys like how did they like, um, I mean, all the facility. you know, I mean, they took the approach of they went to, I think that year, WrestleMania was in like a football stadium or something. And then they basically said, look, we gone to like the nicest of the nicest strength and conditioning facilities for, you know, just about every sport, probably in prospecting buildings, but also probably prospecting like, you know, I think the understanding was like, why aren't we investing in this? You know, at that time, NXT was actually making them quite a bit of money. And they really weren't investing a lot into it. You know, you're not paying travel. You're not paying um, major building expenses. You know, they were filming it. Originally, they were filming it in Tampa. And then when they were filming it at Full Sail, I mean, I'm pretty sure they don't pay Full Sail. I think it's like a really big value add for students there. Like, they get to volunteer. I don't know if that's changed. But, I mean, basically, they had this, like, $10-plus million a year business. And it's like, well, we have them, I mean training in a literally i mean it was a warehouse like our warehouse was connected to a literal warehouse like we were another half of a warehouse that had been renovated but it was literally like oh i mean it was yeah. it was a warehouse so i think it was sold really as like we need to invest and why wouldn't we invest and we're this massive company why wouldn't we have our own facility why wouldn't we do our own way why wouldn't we finally take the step to say it's no longer supposed to be paying dues and punishment it should be like an honor and privilege to get in here but when you get in here we're going to treat you like a fucking athlete you know you're going to be like if you sign with the patriots you're going to go to a prime facility because they're athletes that's what's like it's like you're like at a university now like this is like the harvard of yeah i mean totally. harvard of pro wrestling kind of thing totally it, it's it's the thing of so if you got hurt at practice you would go into brian duncan's office the 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 thing and it was literally like an offshoot like a a a couple of drywalled walls in the corner of it with like one little table on it a bunch of shit no room to do anything it's like again to me coming in like wow we only had like band-aids that's great this is an upgrade (laughs) 
you know, to him who's like a PT and, you know, has whatever certifications he has, he's like, yeah, this place is like way too small. We have like 50, 60 talent. Like we need a facility. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like a very different mindset and approach to what developmental was. Developmental was always kind of like pay your dues. Don't invest in this. It's really about cultivating talent. The right people will come through. Um, they should learn how to work towns. They should learn what, you know, wrestling in a shitty place is. And it's like, yeah, that's true. But I think the understanding is, you know, you don't build superstars by treating them like, you know, whatever. Right. Nobody's. So it's like, you know, it's not necessarily they don't have to pay dues. I mean, everyone at the performance center works really hard. It's just, you know, these are professional athletes. They should be treated. There should be a full gym there and a strength and conditioning program. There should be a full rehab center. There should be means to produce green screens and and cameras that can go live to TV and, you know, rings and lighting and, and, you know, locker rooms and like all these things that, you know, I think, again, every professional, real professional athlete would say like, yeah, that's clearly how this would be, right? I think. Um, so when you got there to the uh, the performance center, I know you, you had mentioned to me before that like, there are like, cameras everywhere <laughs> and you felt kind of like maybe Big Brother was watching. Uh, I mean, yeah. That, that, I mean, again, so, so like there was definitely cameras. Um, there was definitely no secret that any of those cameras could be pulled up on the phone even of a Triple H or a Vince McMahon. And it actually happened a few times. I remember we were something, I think Terry, uh, I almost said Terry Funk, uh, Terry, Terry Taylor, Taylor uh, um, was leading his class one time and his phone rang and he picked it up and he goes, oh, it's Triple H. He picked up the phone. He goes, what? Huh? It's like a very much like an old man like, what do you do? You plug it into what? And he's like, what? What do you mean? Oh, you're watching me? How are you watching me? And it's like he turned around, everyone wave. Triple H is watching us. And it's like, well, that's weird. Um, but, you know, it, it was, uh, I mean, it was definitely possible. I think, you know, the myth is always bigger than than reality right. right it's the same thing it's like i don't really think that any of these people are like wasting their time like what the hell is enzo amore doing on tuesday it's like <laughs> i don't give a shit dude i just need to be able to see it if there's, if there's something i need to see i need to be able to see it you know what i mean mm-hmm. um so i don't i don't know if i necessarily believe like big brother was watching but big brother could technically watch right so who are your favorite coaches there at the uh, performance center oh man probably top had to be ricky steamboat yeah steamboat was fucking awesome i say it like he's dead he's not dead he's fine <laughs> but like he just he was so good to, he was so fun to work with i mean so like there's a guy who like got 30 40 years in the business he still had more passion about wrestling than like anyone ever and this includes like 19 and 20 year olds who are at the performance center and bubble he's just like so jazzed about wrestling like it was like his shit and he would just get so excited about a spot he wanted to do. I remember he slapped a referee in the face. Um, not like in a bad way, but like to like, he's all about like emotion. And I mean, you know, we watch his wrestling. He's like a very like intense, certainly entertaining, but like, you know, just a lot of intensity. Right. And he was trying to do something about, like, he wanted to do a slap spot in class, which was super weird. And he wanted, so we ended up, it was like a bunch of, like a room full of people. Just slapping each other. Just pretty much slapping <laughs> each other in the face. <laughs> it was one of those things where like, I think it was like me and like Luke Harper and uh, maybe one other person were all just like looking at each other like, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> like we're in WWE's, this is in Tampa still, we're in WWE's filler just like slapping the shit out of each other. <laughs> but the way he like led into it was like it was a group of us, we were his class and so like we warmed up. He's like, all right guys, come on, come on. And he grabbed um, the ref whose name I'm forgetting and I apologize, he's an awesome dude. Um, 
Bonsai. There you go. I don't remember his real name. Brian. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's awesome. Um, but so he's like, yeah, Bonsai, come here, come here, come here. And he's like, you know, so sometimes talk about emotionality. He's kind of just kind of, and then like out of literally nowhere, he just slapped the shit out of him. <laughs> Everyone in the class was like, oh my God. <laughs> Did he go down? Uh, no, but he no. was like literally, you saw his face like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, so he's like, no, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just was trying to prove a point. And, but anyways, but yeah, he was, he just was like one of the boys, um, just really down to earth, really into just learning how to work, very approachable. He would watch matches and not just give you the, like, yeah, good job, kid. Like he really wanted mm-hmm. to see people succeed. And so... You know, he was actually one of my first advocates, actually. I worked uh, – whatever my first match there was, I worked a tag match. And he was the agent. And I remember I remember this, and this is going to sound like I'm putting myself over, and probably am a little bit. But legitimately, this Go is like the, one of the most meaningful things ever. He said – and I, I'm going to fuck it up, so it doesn't really sound that meaningful. But it's something <laughs> to the lines of – he goes, holy shit, kid, I didn't know you could work like that. It was almost the same thing as Jamie Noble said, which is a weird compliment. But even so – or something like that, and he said, you're really good. And I was like, dude, great. I can go now. Like, Ricky Steamboat said it. William Regal said it. I'm good. You know what I mean? Like, it's fine now. <laughs> Whatever. The rest of it's cake. It's fine. So, yeah, he was great. Um, Billy Gunn was a lot of fun. Norman's awesome. Norman Smiley. I mean, he was just like, I still say to this day, so underutilized. He's kind of like the new kid coach. That dude's like a mad scientist of wrestling. He's like so good. And I don't want to say he's wasted. I mean, he certainly has – applications for everybody but his just ability to just kind of put things together in his own unique way he's super talented so during this time i remember while you were down there we would obviously talk and you were trying to find they're trying to like find something for you and i remember you talking pretty extensively about like working with with the american dream dusty Rhodes, who's now obviously passed away but Mm -hmm. like what was that relationship like what did that mean to work with him what was it like to work with him um, I mean, awesome. You know, there's a guy who like literally had done it all at a time when like it was really hard to do it all. Um, just you know, he'd also been through the business not just as like a top tier talent. He clearly had been through it as pretty much every facet through all of the decades of wrestling. So you know, talk about somebody who just like has forgotten more than you'd ever know. Like that's pretty much who he was. And he was just like a real cool dude to hang out with. You know, he liked to just talk shit and he would blast Purple Rain before promo class and it was like his thing. <laughs> and it was all right. Yeah, it was like, it was just like he would yell at uh, Rob Naylor, who was kind of like his assistant ish. I don't, I don't know. It was like a weird position. But he would just say, like, play that song and just Purple Rain would just come on and. And now they're both out there together. Yeah. It's amazing. It's true. <laughs> Prince, not Rob Naylor. Yeah, no, oh, no, 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 Yeah, Rob Naylor is dead. No, no, no. Uh, but yeah, no, um, it was really cool. I mean, you know, it's one of those things like the normalcy of it gets weird, I think, because it's just like, yeah, it's Thursday. It's Art of Communication with Dusty Rhodes. I'm just going to hang out with Dusty Rhodes yeah, today. Yeah, but like, and every so often I would say it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to go to class right now. I'm like, to fucking promo class with Dusty Rhodes because that's normal. You know, it, it's just, it was like very surreal and that almost made it comfortable. It's I like guess? the epitome of like what, like when you're thinking about being a wrestler when you're as a, you know, as a kid and yeah, you know, you're just like that becomes your reality. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was again, a lot of that stuff wasn't so like crazy, crazy, crazy. It was just 
surreal a lot of times because again you know you're you're talking and getting feedback and you're engaged in like a, a, a real dialogue with Dusty Rhodes or with Ricky Steamboat and it's like you're there in that moment talking to these people and like yeah okay I was thinking this and you were saying that and I okay that's a good piece of advice and then you like you stop for a second you're like that was Ricky Steamboat that's so <laughs> weird you know what I mean it's like it's, it's, it's dragon a, yeah it's like arm drag me <laughs> um <laughs> And it's the same with Dusty, you know. I mean, it's it's like it was very normal because he was around, and it was like every Thursday you do your thing, and you know you ask for time with him, and you go sit down and you talk about whatever, and it's like end of all, end of the day, you're just laying in bed, and you're like, "Yep, just had that meeting with Dusty Rhodes today." That's like a thing. Oh, those are the meetings where it was like, "That's not for you, baby. That's for somebody else." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something something like that. <laughs> I remember literally joking about that with you when you were trying to come up with characters or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm just going to pretend that Dusty Rhodes said to you, Yeah, I mean, that's you know. not for you, baby. That's for somebody else. <laughs> it's close enough. He probably did. I, it's, it's fine. It's probably did. Another like, kind of like a, f- a famous story of like uh, a, qu- a quote he would uh, I always get a kick out of when Dusty Rhodes, he doesn't get out of bed for. Do you know what I'm getting at here? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was something. I think there was something with like the legends or something like that on TV, and he's like, "They're on TV," and he's probably huffing and puffing because he wasn't called or something like that. But he said something to the effect of, "I motherfucker, I don't get out of bed for less than ten thousand dollars." Okay, unsolicited, but sure, I believe you. You're talking about a like uh, coming up with a character or, or some some kind of a deal in uh in nxt and uh when we were texting about doing this interview you sent me a, a picture of you in a top hat and a nice uh, gentleman's coat <laughs> now do yeah. you want to get into how this character came about that was something that dusty was trying to put together for aiden english originally mm-hmm. he loved shit what the name of uh gangs of new york and lincoln he just loved thought those were great movies and so which is fine i mean yeah sure great um, but he wanted somebody to have some sort of an, like an old timey fighty character, and so he kept saying it for Aiden English. Aiden English was doing like a dra- more drama centered gimmick, um, which was great too. I mean, that dude's super entertaining. They finally wanted to put it on somebody, and I guess it ended up being thought that I could fit that role. So the conversation was something about the stovetop hat gang or something. Something silly. I mean, that was just like his weird Dusty Rhodes nickname for something that's like clearly not going to be called that. Uh, oh, the Lincoln Fight Club. The Lincoln Fight Club. Holy shit, I forgot about that. That was it. He called us the Lincoln Fight Club. Uh, oh, my God. That's so funny. Uh, anyways. But, yeah. So, he was like, he wanted to do this thing. So, we decided to kind of put these things together for um, his promo class and kind of see if we could make it work. And we worked, I think, some house shows together. Um, there are a couple of pictures out there floating around on Google if you search. There uh, are. What's funny is English. the most ridiculous tall top hat is actually not even a top hat. Uh, it was like a, a bowler that they had at like some costume store. And be, we, we drove around, me and him drove around Tampa for like two hours, maybe longer, to like every, any place we could think of that would have a fucking top hat. No one did. They only had like a costume store. They had like these shitty little bowler hats, like the little right, the the round ones. Top. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we did that, and then we went to like uh, uh, Michael's and got like some stiff felt and just wrapped it around it <laughs> and glued it. And I was, and I was like, you know, honestly, it, it kind of looks like a top hat. Like we can get away with this. I don't think either one of us realized how tall it actually was, and we saw it on camera. Like, well, that looks a little fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I think that was like the first feedback we ever had a match. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Sarah Del Rey was the agent, and she she came to us. She said, yeah, you know, this was good. This is what I want to think about. Blah blah. blah. 
those tats are really tall. And I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're working on that part. So, <laughs> Lincoln Fight Club. It's almost like, almost like a precursor to the, maybe the, the Vaude villains yeah. who are on TV now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, that, that is the character. It, the, it was something like that. I think the Vaude villain part of it was a lot of a regal inspiration. Um, when I got hurt, they were still looking for something for that role, and that's when Gotch had gotten signed. And he already did a character like that that like Regal loved. And so it was kind of like a marrying of both of the ideas together. Um, and that was, you know, that's pretty much the character. that I th- They're on TV. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. I, I'm way out of touch, unfortunately. I saw it on his Facebook, though, and I was like, he so deserves it. Is that bitter old guy now? Yeah, these kids running around. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, you know, uh, 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 Aiden English, he's such a good dude. Such a good dude. So you mentioned uh, you mentioned getting hurt. This is a you had a, a neck injury, correct? Or is uh, it cue the your... somber music? Yeah, we'll, we'll add that in post. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I uh, I was wrestling a match. Uh, I took a weird bump. Uh, definitely felt something weird, um, but was like okay. You know, I mean, I thought in my in that moment, I was like, well, I can walk. I feel okay. It just felt really shitty. Right. Um, kept wrestling. Finished the match. A little bit of pain, talked to the trainer, wrestled the next night, a little bit of pain, a little bit of ice, stiffened up over the weekend when we stopped, obviously, because it was, I think it was like Saturday, Sunday off or something. Monday went in, like couldn't move my neck. Um, did some like PT and some, some you know, like whatever. Did just, you know, rehab therapy, like ice and massage and blah, blah, blah for like a week. And then I was fine. I mean, I, I thought I was fine. And then a few months later of wrestling, I found out it's quite a bit more serious. Yeah, was it a spinal stenosis was the diagnosis? Well, yes, Michael, it was. <laughs> uh, yeah, so a thinning of the spinal canal due to, you know, being dropped, unfortunately. So it, it, was, it stems from that one, or is it, or is it more like a cumulative type, type um, thing? You know, since I've been diagnosed, I've heard conflicting reports one way or the other. Uh, I think definitely that event, whatever was going on there, certainly put the nail in the coffin now whether or not it was a buildup over time or it was that specific event i actually legitimately don't know um like i said i've seen a few different doctors and a few of them did say like nope it's this one thing I, you know who knows it's yeah it's not like something i can prove one way or the other or what i can right. or would care to like it's like either way i have shit neck syndrome so it's like whatever <laughs> so so they they had you on the shelf for a while right or and, and um when did they finally say you can't get in the ring anymore? Um, so I had talked to the – when we first, 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 first reported for the performance center, it was like a Monday or something like that. And it was like, everyone show up, business casual. We're going to have an official day. And then they had like a bunch of new talent come in um, who was like waiting to start. And they started that day. We all came in. I think that there was a press conference that day. That might have been the thing that's like yeah, with everyone standing online. around it, yeah. uh, the rings or whatever. Um, and then like we did like some kind of fake ass workouts to like you know whatever, so people could take For pictures and, and such, yeah, yeah, exactly. That day or the next day, I had gone to see the trainer and just said, "Hey, you know, my neck has been bothering me. I'm having this weird numbness. Um, I'd like to just you know, especially in that facility, like do some rehab, prehab stuff, kind of strengthen the area, blah blah blah." Where is the numbness? Uh, if I got hit in the neck or head, it happened a few different times. Like I, I like dropped down to my knee in a match one time on a show and when I dropped down to my knee. I lost feeling in my arms for like 15 Ooh. seconds. Super weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then like one time I was hitting the ropes 
I think it was some sort of a drill and it was like a duck one and someone threw a line and it like kind of tapped me on the top of the head as I went under it. And that did the same thing. And maybe like two or three other times, it was just like weird things that like, I don't know. I, if, you're numb, if your arms are going numb for 15 seconds, you might want to. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no. I mean, to me, it was just like, oh, I probably have some sort of like a weird pinched nerve, like whatever. Like I felt fine. Like that's the whole thing. It was like, I have full mobility of my neck. I feel okay. I feel strong. I was going to the gym every day. I was going, you know, to class every day. I was doing shows and blah, 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 blah. So to me, it was like, yeah, it's probably this little thing. I'll take care of it at some point. And then that's when I went and talked to um, the doctor or the, the PT at the time. She said, hey, I'm having these symptoms. I'd like to do this. He goes, yeah, yeah, okay. The doctor's in. I think he took a look at it and he was like, yeah, I mean, everything seems fine. You have strength, you have mobility because let's get an x-ray and an MRI just to be safe. It's your neck. Let's not be stupid. I said, okay, fine. I let Bill know. And Bill was like, okay, let's not, you know, have you train until we get it officially clear. Just to be you a pussy or something. No. Yeah, yeah. He slapped me in the face. He pissed on me. Uh, he made me eat a donut out of his asshole or whatever that was. Uh, Dude, did squats on the top rope. Yeah, yeah. Did a lot of squats on the top rope. Um, no, uh, <laughs> I went on the jelly bean wall is what he liked to call it, which like legitimately no one knows what the fuck that means. But the jelly bean wall? Yeah, when someone got injured, he'd be like, Yep, you're on the jelly bean wall. And I was like, No one gets that, Bill. <laughs> it's like a weird thing that you say. Either way, does who cares? Um and I think I wrestled on well, I wrestled, I got beat up on TV <laughs> that Thursday, and that was the last time. And then it was maybe three weeks four weeks later because i would like took time to get the x-ray and the x-ray looked okay and then the mri and then they had to read the mri and they were like that looks a little weird so then they flew me to pittsburgh and i had another mri a different one i saw their like spinal person and they're like yeah it could be this thing i don't know if it's this thing you seem okay blah 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 they read the mri that time it was like a whatever that is where you bend your neck instead of just lay flat uh, and when they saw that they're like oh that's bad don't that's not good you should never wrestle again yeah you're gonna die <laughs> don't do that yeah i mean i'm gonna die michael you're gonna die we all are someday hey, that's the point come on long so long time from now right guys? give me anxiety here. malonis you're gonna die that never 100 percent chance 100 percent. so on that note so <laughs> did, so once you got that diagnosis it was kind of inevitable and and who's the one that was associated with WWE that told you, yeah, that's you can't do nothing. Uh, that day I remember very vividly. Yeah. Um, I was at the performance center. Uh, I was doing some rehab stuff, and then I think I was gonna. I'd been going to class still, obviously, just you know observing. I would stretch out with everybody, and then you know they would do their thing, and I would just kind of sit there miserable that I'm just standing around. And I went up to the locker room, and I had grabbed my phone I saw a missed phone call and I picked up the phone it was somebody from the hospital so I called him back and I went to the little like a little lounge and like a little whatever meeting room in there so I'm in the meeting room and I called them back and I talked to one of the assistants to the doctor he, he was he was in the thing he's a doctor too but like this doctor is so good he's like got other doctors said whatever I don't know it's fucking weird right. um, and he basically was like yeah so bad news um you know, blah, 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 blah. This is better than me telling you over a ventilator, which is like a really valid point. Um, and so, you know, it's like, obviously you just don't want to put yourself in that risk and, you know, one bad thing, this, that, and the other. Uh, so that was like, I think I sat in that room for like a good hour or two, just like not doing anything. Yeah. And then 
I didn't really know what else to do. So I remember I just, we were doing tape review that day. So it was Billy's class. We went down, um, there was a big group of us and we went into like the little office and then there was like a little room where they had like a TV and so we popped in the disc and everyone's just kind of just chit chat bullshit like we normally do. And I'm just like completely like just devastated, like not, you know, what the fuck? Uh, and then Bill comes in and grabs me and it was Bill and Canyon were in the room and they kind of just said like, yeah, so did you talk to anybody? And I was like, yeah. So that was, that was a bad day. Yeah. Yeah. That was shitty. That was pretty bad. But, you know. But did, I mean, I guess, I mean, it wasn't the total end of your journey with WWE, I guess, because you ultimately kind of ended up in a, well, and a very undefined <laughs> role, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, they kind of had like space for somebody. They didn't know what they needed. They wanted somebody to kind of help creatively, also kind of help just administratively. And so I, you know, had said, you know, to both of them, look, I, not for nothing. Like, if there's anything for this company, like, please let me know. Like, I'm here. Like, what, you know, what the fuck. And Canyon was pretty honest. He's like, you know, like most people say that and most people get a no. He's like, I'll give you a strong maybe. I don't know. I mean, we had a pretty decent relationship. And then I was still there. It was really weird because like I knew that, but I also was like, we're going to have you stay here and do some whatever PT, which is weird because you really don't do PT if you have an injury. And like, although I was injured technically, I felt fine. And, you know. Do you think some of it was like God would, we don't want to be yeah, sued. Yeah, we, yeah. Please don't sue us. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, totally. I, I would not be surprised at all if that played a small to very large part in that. I, I, I don't know. It's one of those things. I mean, I think they probably had a good idea that I got hurt in their ring uh, on their show with one of their talent. And you know, I, 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 in all fairness, did have a very good relationship with everybody there. I was, you know, always on time and hardworking and kind of like one of those people like, yeah, we like, you're super reliable and we like love what everything you're doing. And then it was just like, ah, you're next shit. Bye. Um, so I think it was probably a part of both. Certainly the liability factor. I would not be surprised. That was like a large part of it, but yeah, I mean, it was just this weird, it was really shit. I shouldn't have, in all fairness, I probably shouldn't have taken the job just because of like where my head was at. I was like personally in a wreck, emotionally, mentally, physically a wreck. I was just like, not in a good place at all to be doing that anything really that was like there's a new job jump in with both feet the only way you're going to be successful is if you really go for it and it's like i hate my life right now this sucks <laughs> so you know i i think that that i don't regret doing it it was probably still not the right idea like i shouldn't have done it i should have just been like you know what i need to like not right. it's tough but you just get that taken away from you it's tough to then have to stare it in the face every single day, every day? doing something you don't want to be doing while you watch everybody else do what you want to be doing. I mean, literally exactly. It's like, Hey, you know, come to this place that you really want to be and, and watch everybody do the thing that you want to do. And like, if, if like I had a dead arm or something like that, at least it'd be like, well, I got this dead arm. I can't do it. But I like, I felt fine. I still feel fine. Again, you know, knock on wood. It's like, that's great. Right. Right. But it's just, uh, you know, it, it was again, not regretting taking the, doing it and seeing more of that side of the business. Um, but you know, definitely probably was not like helpful in any way to me. It was just like a no, a new experience more than anything else, but it was definitely, I just 
you know, mentally I was just in a really bad spot. So was it kind of a relief when that ended or was it still uh, terrible? Eh, maybe a little bit of both. Um, it, it's hard to explain because it's like, and this is going to sound really bleak and I don't mean it to be, but it's just, it's the reality of the situation. It was like the worst thing ever followed by like a brief respite and maybe potential followed by like a <laughs> kick in the pants when you're down. Uh, you know, I was going through a, a really bad uh, home life situation at the time. I was going through this. I had just moved to a new city. Um, and then it was like, you know, your career, your source of money, your stability in every way is gone. And now also this other thing that could have been a thing, now that's gone too. And so it's, it's just like a, it's a really helpless situation and really kind of like a, a groundless, I think, feeling. Like it was just like, well, what the fuck do I do? Because for the first time ever, you know, I think when you're on the indies wrestling and trying to come up, you always have that, I'm going to make it or I'm going to get there someday or here's how I'm going to do this or if I can just get to this point. There's goals, right? You're working towards something. At this point, it had very vividly been just – not like, hey, kid, you know, come back in six months with some new gimmick or, you know, get some, you know, dirt on your boots at the road or whatever. It was really like your neck is shit. We as a company, both morally and like liability wise, cannot do this. You can kill yourself. Um, so it's like there's no more light at the end of the tunnel. And it's like, well, do you go back to the Indies and risk that? For literally, I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe you can make a living. I know guys make a living on the India. That's fine. But it's like, do you do that with the knowledge that I had that my neck is in a bad shape? Or does it's like, well, I guess it's restart. And then it's like, well, there might be this little thing. And then it's like, yeah, there's not this little thing. So, you know, that, that, was, a, <laughs> that was a really bad time for me. I was extremely depressed. I was just, you know, again, I, I was just kind of like shut down. You know, I mean, it's, what do you do, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you're in a much better place now, though. Yeah, I think so overall. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think I definitely still entertain the idea of wanting to do something in wrestling. You know, I, I again, I, I, I'm plagued by the fact that it, as a competitive person, I constantly want to do these things. And although I don't really watch anymore, and that's not like a can't watch, too painful. It's really just like a symptom of just being really busy. Um, but you know, I, I'm still friends with a lot of people involved in it. I'm still see a lot of people who I was with down there on TV now, or I hear about it, or I see it on Facebook. It's awesome. Um, you know, and there's a part of me that's just like, dude, I feel fine. Could probably stand to getting back in shape a little bit more. Um, but it's like, you know, I feel okay. Do I get back in shape and try something or do I, you know, just kind of let it go and move on to a next experience. But I mean, either way, you certainly mentally, I mean, I'm much better place than I was. Anytime I think something gets taken away from you rather than you, leaving on your own terms like you didn't and that sucks like when you you didn't get to leave you didn't get to say i'm closing this chapter on my life it was no we're closing this chapter on your life for you anytime absolutely especially something involving a lifelong dream that's a tough pill to swallow yeah i mean and i think especially as athletes right i mean you know we we whether it's a team sport or an individual sport we're always kind of our own you know, closed unit at some level, right? You know, it's, it's the work that we put in every day. It's the dieting or the lifting or the travel or all of the above or any of it, really. The, the training and the dedication, 
to, you know, again, leaving on your own terms, that's a great way to say it, it you know, and, and unfortunately in this business, very few people get to do that. Certainly on like really their own terms, you know, like we're talking about like Shawn Michaels and, and Ric Flair and, and Triple H and whatever, you know, like these people like, yep, I've done literally everything. I have a million dollars. I'm going to retire. Like, great. But, you know, even like at an independent level, you know, to be, to have been able to leave WWE and say, well, I'm going to go put six, eight months in and use the steam I have off this and have some fun and whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, I'm, again, I, I, I very honestly, very, very much wrestle with that. No pun intended every day. It's, you know, it's, that is, it's again, it, it, you're right. It's tough to have it taken away and it was done so respectfully and it was done so for my own good, I believe, but you know, it was still not like come back in six months. It was like, you're doing everything right. We like you a lot. This is not, you're not good enough. This is not safe. And again, appreciate it. Also, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, though, I mean, I, I, I hate to leave our listeners with, because by nature, it, people obviously listeners don't, I mean, some people, some of the guys listen who know you, know you personally. By nature. Marks. <laughs> <laughs> by nature, though, you're not like a miserable, sulking guy. You're not a bitter guy. You're not like, you're not a, you're not a woe is me sort of guy. So, I mean, if I know you, I, I'm guessing you and I'm sure we, we've had conversations and I mean, talk about the positives you took from not only being with WWE, but kind of the journey in wrestling that you have taken. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess that's probably <laughs> a good thing to mention. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I am like stupidly lucky to have been able to do the things that I did. Right. A lot of people, there are certain people who just like, they, they cruise into it. They do really great. They make money. They have a great time and whatever. It's like so rare though. You know, you look at Kofi's story and that's not a knock at Kofi. Kofi's fucking awesome. He's a good human being, same human being he was when he walked in the CTC, right? But like there's a guy who walked in, kind of got it in his own way, got a op- great opportunity, capitalized on that opportunity and to this day is capitalized. And that's so awesome to see. It's so easy to normalize that when it's somebody you know, but to realize like I am so stupidly lucky, you know, to have been able to wrestle for as long as I did, have fun wrestling for as long as I did, you know, get whatever validation there is in having the, the certain people who were nice to me and good to me and helped me help me and have the opportunity to work with WWE, see the end of Tampa, the beginning of the performance center, see, again, you know, a lot of the guys who are on TV now, the Shield and the family and Sami Zayn and, and, and the Vaudevillains and Enzo and Cass, like these are all guys I rode with. These are people I know. These are I have experience with them. I watched them as they developed. I was able to develop with them. And, you know, maybe I got taken out of the game before I wanted to be. Um, But, like, holy shit, I got that experience. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of guys who don't. And I think I owe it to myself to have a positive outlook. And I also owe it to everybody else to say, like, look, you know what? Nobody is better or worse. Nobody is, you know what I mean? It's really just appreciate whatever you get, you know, the, the famous saying of like the business doesn't owe you anything, but it really doesn't. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, it really is just one big show and the parts that work out and the parts that don't kind of just work out and don't. And there's reasons sometimes, and sometimes there's not. Sometimes people, I mean, we talked about Alex Arion. Look at you, Malam Malonis. I mean, for as much as you've done, I understand that you probably wanted to have been signed, but it's not because you're not good enough. It's not, it's wrong place, wrong time. You know what I mean? It's, you are clearly, are clearly still a talented athlete, still someone who is a great entertainer. And it's like certain people get lucky and certain people don't. And if you are fortunate enough to get lucky or you're fortunate enough to not get lucky, I think appreciating whatever that you have, I think that's just super important. 
Um, and again, as someone who was very lucky, objectively, um, I try to always look at it from a place of, I'm very lucky. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm not paralyzed. That's like super cool with me. Like I'm really happy about that. Um, <laughs> Us too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it would re- that would have like been so much worse. interview would have been much more of a downer. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know what? We can't get the chair in the house. It's just like a big thing. <laughs> it's like, it's not handicap accessible in here. I'm just saying. It isn't. OSHA. It's like a big thing. <clears throat> Anyways. Um, no. So, you know, I, I, I definitely do always try and ground myself in the positives of and the reality, which is I'm very lucky. I have some great experiences. I have some great memories. I had a lot of fucking fun. Um, I got to do a lot of cool things. And it's like, it, I, I don't know. Living without is like never fruitful, right? So I don't want to live without. So I, I guess, yes. Absolutely a positive experience. So lucky to have done it. And, you know, always a fun conversation when whoever finds out, you know, especially nowadays, they're like, wait, you were a wrestler? And then immediately they Google it and it's like, oh my God. And it's like, oh, you know, okay, at least I get something out of it. That's fun, right? <laughs> Look at that hat. <laughs> yeah, like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why is your hair so weird? You're so sweaty. You were. You were in good shape. Yeah, no, it's like, <laughs> who did you eat? <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, well, we appreciate so much having you uh, come by and do this with us. This is probably going to be a two-part episode at this point. It's all right, that's why uh, we do yeah. it this way, so we can keep Jeez, rolling sorry. with this good stuff. No, no problem at oh, all. We loved it. You loved long-winded it. bastard. Now, yeah, I just talk a lot of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I think Max would enjoy a... Uh, a promo about nothing, Mike. What do you think? You think? You, you have time? Hey, well, we're going to split it into two parts. So. Okay, might as well. <laughs> All right. Oh, We're going to have to do a promo about nothing on that episode anyway, so might as well do it with Max. All What's right. a promo about nothing? So it's it's uh, it's our... You're not a big fan of the wrestling yeah, podcast about nothing? I don't do anything. I don't know anything. Of course anything. I'll listen to his episode. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm marking myself. <laughs> so we, we, we find these promos on the internet uh, that oh, may be uh, not quite uh, up to snuff. Okay. This one in particular, uh, you have a vague connection to i mean this is from the second season of nxt when it was still on sci-fi though when it was still like a competition show but the man who is the subject of this uh, this promo about nothing is a man who stole your name this man is the subject that stole my name yes oh, oh, your name. Oh, okay. you were you yeah, were yeah. axel keegan and we talked <laughs> about in, in, yes. in, in nxt and one night you were watching raw and uh <laughs> yeah. this man michael mcgillicuddy came out rechristened axel uh curtis axel curtis axel and then yep. you I, I think i texted you probably a couple people, other people texted you is yep. that uh yeah get your thinking cap on i don't yep. think you're gonna be axel keegan much longer and yep. uh, that was the death knell of that whole name yeah so this was uh a promo from michael mcgillicuddy uh he had just lost in the uh, finals of the second season of NXT to Caval, also known as Low-Key. Okay. Ready? Begin. Begin. There you yes. go. And uh, so he uh, – the thing with the, the uh, NXT competition seasons is uh, that they just handed them a microphone. There was no, there was no uh, script. So this promo kind of probably didn't go as well as he would have liked. So let's take a listen to this uh, promo from, I believe it's uh, 2010. Michael McGillicuddy, what's going through your mind right now? He looks the same. Not at all. (laughs) Thinking, thinking. 
Fucking Matt Tricker. I forgot about him. Oh, it's Kofi. He's so angry. <laughs> I don't know what to say. We That's noticed. <laughs> him? Him? Stalling on TV. It's good. I don't know why you lost. You are going to go to a pay-per-view and have a title shot? You have got to be kidding me. That's going to suck. I'll tell you that much. Valid. Thank you. Doesn't matter what you think. Okay, here we go. You are nowhere near the level of Michael McGillicuddy. You understand me? Great. Ever since I started NXT, I had one goal. And that is to become a WWE World Heavyweight Champion. That's been put on hold. And um, <laughs> unfortunately, I got eliminated today. That's a lot of facts. And I lost my guaranteed shot at a title. But that is not going to stop me from becoming a future world heavyweight champion. See, I am the future of this company. I am going to be a big time player in this machine called WWE. I am the next big thing. I am the Almost next like generation. And starting this moment from now, from this moment on, this will be the moment starting now <laughs> of the genesis of McGillicuddy. Yeah, <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> so, that's that's the guy that stole your name. You know, I mean, I'm, and I'm he deserved it. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm sure he, I mean. Yeah, he is. He's given, a very nice guy. When given the proper direction, I'm sure. I mean, he well, can, those, those NXT, that original NXT show was freaking brutal for the guys. I'm, I'm pretty sure of it. They, I don't, I, I remember um, ba, 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 Ascension. Um, Connor. Uh, Connor, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he was on one of those original ones. And he I remember we were talking about it one time. He was talking about like some promo, some segment that they like kind of set him up for. Like it was like uh, clearly like, they're fucking with him. Like the whole deal is like it's basically like an on-air rib, right? They're fucking with him on live TV. So like they set him up for this segment right before his match, and the way that they did it was they had him do a live whatever uh, bit, and then as it was being shot, they started to play his music. But they were fucking shooting it on the opposite side of the building. So, like, they made him, he finished it, and they're playing his music, and he had to, like, run across the entire inside of the building to get to the gorilla position and go out. It was some weird, like, they just did shit like that. Yeah. As far as I know, they just were <laughs> fucking with people. I remember that, like, yeah, the, the big thing for him was they called him, like, a rat face. <laughs> that was something that was on that, on that show as well. Oh, man. That guy loves Toto. So you know, aren't you glad? Aren't you glad the time that you did? By the time you did get there, this nonsense was done. (laughs) Yeah, what's weird though is like all of the experiences that we had training. Like I probably would have done. I mean, at least like just giving getting a live microphone. I'm like, I could probably put something together. At least better than I. Well, I don't want to say anything. I don't know. I hope I could do. Could it be somebody going like, you got eight minutes. You got six minutes. You got twelve. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Well, I think they did stuff like that too. I'm 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 not confirmed on that. I feel like I had conversations where they would like they would fuck with people. I mean, that was like the whole deal. Is like. They wanted to put people through the ringer 
in a way that was like on display. I don't know if it necessarily that translates that, in a way that in no way, shape, or form would ever help you as it's a not, WWE superstar. It's not quite entertaining. Yeah, it's a well, awkward I think, and I think that, that might have been what they figured out. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Yikes. Well, so if you want to check out the video for that promo about nothing, check out the description of this episode, and uh, the link will be there. You can see the video. You can see Kofi standing sternly on the uh, ramp looking uh, very disappointed. Oh, that's right. They had coaches. I yes. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm... Anyway, that's the promo about nothing. <laughs> and uh, Max Bauer, you were an excellent guest. You were wow. an excellent person. And uh, we enjoy you very much and hope you come around a little more often. It's literally the nicest thing you ever said to me. I think so. <laughs> oh, easily. I, I knew it was being recorded. That's why. Fair enough. <laughs> you want you, what he's saying is he wants you to come again and eat his pizza. Mmm, pizza. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Max. Thanks, Max. Thanks. Thanks so much to Max for spending an evening with us and sharing his story. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter, at Maximus is me. I mean, he's not really that active, but why not give him a follow? Tweet at him, aggravate him, make him <laughs> answer you. <laughs> exactly. That's what we do. I think it's, it'd be a great idea to go back and search Max Bauer or Mickey or Axel Keegan on YouTube. See for yourself what a great worker, uh, super underrated talker he was. He's uh, somebody who deserves to be... Uh, remembered, especially in New England, as a fantastic talent. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to right now just throw it out there and petition for this. Max, this is for you. Jamie Jamikowski, Max Bauer belongs in the Chaotic Wrestling Hall of Fame. Make it happen. Wow. Call him out. Make it happen. I agree. You're welcome, Max. Love you. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, thanks again to uh, Max Bauer slash Mickey Keegan slash Axel Keegan. And we'll have more interviews coming up very soon on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. But uh, before we do any more interviews, Brian, you get to hit the road. You are hitting the highways and byways. You are crisscrossing this great nation of ours. You are plying your trade as a professional wrestler, and you're searching frantically right now because I believe... No, I'm ready, Mike. I'm ready. You have dates. I have dates, and I am ready. I wrote it all down this week. I got notes. I want to talk about the four big dates I have left remaining in August. It starts Mm -hmm. August the 19th. The Renegade Wrestling Alliance yes. at the RWA Chop Shop in Providence, Rhode Island. Commemoration 2016, 8 p.m. bell time. JT Dunn, who recently was on Impact Wrestling, also on the card that night. Uh, go to their website, rwawrestling.net, for ticket information. Wow, you got website information. How about that, huh? Wow. I'm All growing, right. Mike. I'm evolving. <laughs> Research. <laughs> August 20th, the very next night. Atlantic Pro Wrestling returns to the Newberry Firehouse, the APW Arena, I know, in Newberry, Massachusetts, 7 p.m. bell time. I will be defending the Atlantic Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Championship against the Underground King. Oh. Slick Wagner Brown, SWB, that's right. So I'm looking forward to that. We've only ever locked horns one other time, so I am very excited to be in the ring with Slick Wagner Brown, uh, a guy who when I broke in was, was like the guy, I think, in New England at that point. So, uh, so it's basically a New England independent dream match, I think. Maybe. I August don't... <laughs> 20th. I, I'm saying it right now. All August right. 20th, Thanks, APW. So check out AtlanticProWrestling.com, and then also check out Atlantic Pro Wrestling's Facebook and Twitter uh, for all the, the information on that. 
August 26th, Top Rope Promotions. This is a big one, Mike. Campanelli Stadium in Brockton, Mass. Summer Showdown. Meet and greet starts at 6. The first match starts at 8. I will be taking on Nightmare Nick Steele in a grudge match as wow. listed on the poster. But, hey, get this. Some pretty damn big names on this show. Big Sexy himself, Diesel, Big Daddy Cool, Kevin Nash will be there. A lot of nicknames. Yes. <laughs> Big Van Vader, my favorite wrestler. I know. As told to the next fellow that's on the <laughs> on the card, Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> we should get into this story sometime. <laughs> yes. And then also Gangrel is on the card. A TLC match uh, for both top row promotions uh, championships that are both held by Teddy Goods. Uh, so go to brownpapertickets.com and also check out Top Row Promotions Facebook for more details. But you are not going to want to miss that one. August the 26th, Friday night. Uh, Where is that again? That is Campanelli Stadium in Brockton, Massachusetts. The very next night, August the 27th, I will be returning to Lucky Pro Wrestling in Clinton, Massachusetts. I will be taking on Big Jim Anderson, uh, bell time of 7 o'clock. Check out Lucky Pro uh, Wrestling on Facebook. Uh, and actually, I lied. It's five big dates, Mike, uh, because that very next day on Uh-oh. Sunday, right? I got a busy weekend. Going to be in trouble on the home front. Uh-huh. <laughs> August 28th. No, no, I know nothing about that. <laughs> August 28th, Beyond Wrestling uh, returns to the Aurora in Providence, Rhode Island. Doors open at 5. It's called the Battle of Who Could Care Less. I will be there in a yet-to-be-determined role. Wow. Uh, also there with me, Chris Hero, Matthew Riddle, Tommy N, Keith Lee, Donovan Jijak, JT Dunn, a who's who uh, 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 of who matters on the independent scene right now. Just you know, last weekend was on American Rana uh, 2016 for them. What an incredible, amazing, nutso show. Um, if you haven't been to Beyond Wrestling, it, it's more than just checking out an independent wrestling show. It's an experience. Uh, it's something that I never experienced before, being 15 years in, the environment, the craziness, the fans being right at the ring. So uh, go to lookmonnofans.com and then Beyond Wrestling's Facebook page. Also check out their YouTube page because there's always great matches going up there. They have a subscription service. So, yeah, that's what's going on in August for the Kingpin. You're a, a busy, busy boy. Whew. Oof, my goodness. Okay, we got to get out of here, Brian. We are over, over, over. Yeah, you talk too long. What's up? Sorry about that. Before we do, though, let's give a special shout-out to the podcast with little talent but lots of extra belly fat. A Man Walks Into an Armbar, BDA Radio's MMA podcast hosted by Chad Alden and Paul St. Amon Jr. Find them at BDARadio.com, and if you don't subscribe, I didn't write anything down. Wow. I, well, I said we'll get – it looks like here I, I still see we'll get you in the north-south position, but I think that's last week's. Yeah, it is last week's, <laughs> but we can – Let's do the north-south position again, Brian. Get down here on the uh, kitchen floor and let's... Uh, I don't know, I don't know uh, jujitsu, Mike. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure you listen to A Man Walks Into an Armbar for all the uh, fun and games with uh, Chad and Paul. So follow us at the WPAN. And as I mentioned earlier, you can follow us at the WPAN on Twitter and now Instagram. Exclusive photos going up every day on our new Instagram account that's at the WPAN and make sure you go to YouTube you can find us search the wrestling podcast about nothing and subscribe to us on YouTube all of our interviews that we've done uh, since day one on the wrestling podcast about nothing are going up on the YouTube page and more stuff to come so make sure you subscribe on YouTube as well 
and go to Twitter and follow at BDA underscore radio, which is our lovely sponsor. Plus, I am at Croc Socks, and the kingpin is at Brian Malonis. And as I mentioned, use that hashtag, PDA for BDA, and get a shout-out. And call the voicemail line, 401-584-WPAN. Call that voicemail line. Leave us a question. Leave us a message, and we'll play it next week, next Monday, on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. And make sure you visit BDARadio.com for all your MMA and wrestling talk. BDARadio.com. Okay, fans, we will see you next Monday for another Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. The Kingpin's here. I'm Mike Crockett. And thanks for nothing. Nothing.